Promotional consideration paid for by the following. The sun, giver of all life. The Mayans worship the sun. Then they disappeared without a trace. Don't let this happen to you. The fact is, if you spend time in the sun, you're almost certain to die. All leading medical practitioners have determined sun exposure causes cancer and heartburn. I'm an expert. Going in the sun is as dangerous as smoking or living too near a nuclear power station. Oh, no, not chemo again. No, never again with Tropicarcinoma. Keep out the sun's dangerous rays with Tropicarcinoma. It's a unique blend of coconut oil, zinc, aluminum, boron, magnesium, and other volatile metals to neutralize the sun's rays and form a chemical shield. It's just great for the skin and the IQ. Tropicarcinoma. I'm a lifeguard and I love Tropicarcinoma. I even coat my eyeballs and digestive tract. I'm white as a sheet and shooting blanks. I feel great about myself, and that's important. A friend of mine asked me, why spend time in the sun if it's dangerous and you don't want to tan? And I just laugh and try not to think about it. Tropicarcinoma. Give the sun a challenge. Shut up and sit down. Welcome, everybody, to episode 334 of Third Shift. I am one of your hosts, Mr. Eric. The man, the myth, the legend, that's what I am. And with me today, as always, is the inglorious bastard himself. It's Mr. Matt. He's hanging out. He's about to go on a cruise across the world. Woohoo! How you feeling, buddy? How, how's the week going? Well, this like four days, whatever, three days it's been. <laughs> it's wild. Well, it's been a great week because it's been a short week, so I haven't had time for anything bad to happen. But I did have time to do one thing that I can talk about and then two things that are in the future. One thing went to Lansing Symphony Orchestra chamber concert just yesterday. Two violins, a viola, and a cello. Great. It was fantastic. There was some really complicated stuff that one of those violins was doing and then some really complicated viola stuff in the second thing that we were watching. It was great. It was a wonderful time, a nice little outing. And then by the time you guys are hearing this, I will have seen the Broadway show Jagged Little Pill because that's coming to Wharton Center but I can't comment on it because I haven't seen it yet. And I'll also, by the time you hear this, I'm going to be on a boat cruising the Caribbean and watching wrestling matches and watching rock and roll shows and watching podcasts and watching comedy shows and just having a wonderful time. It'll be great. But on the video game front, two things I can talk about real quick. One is Forspoken. I told you, Eric, that the last thing I did was just get into the open world. I've been running around in there. It feels so good. Now, maybe it's just me. Maybe it's just the thing that scratches all my itches. But when I open up that map and I see all these little markers, and, oh, there's a treasure chest over there. There's a treasure chest over here. Main quest is way up here in the corner. Well, I'm going to do every single thing on the way to that main quest. And I'm unlocking new support magics. I've got new abilities. It feels good. It feels like what I wanted it to be. Now, granted, the story is still pretty light. I'm still in the intro phases. But even that is starting to ramp up. I've met one of the first Tantas, Tartas, Tartas, Frittatas, whatever they're called, the the big witches who've been corrupted. The witches. I've met the first one, and my current mission is to go find out where she is and go deal with her. So it's going to start ramping up here. I'm going to start unlocking new powers because I can tell that one has flame powers. So I'm going to get the flame magic after I deal with that one. I don't know. I'm starting to, it's starting to hit its groove, and I'm starting to like it. And another thing that I like is, hey, anybody out there who's got a Steam Deck, if you go on Steam and you find Aperture Desk Job, it's like a little Steam Deck tech demo. It plays like 30 minutes, 45 minutes maybe. It's a lot of fun. It's a fun little get-to-know-your-Steam Deck, and here's the buttons, and here's how you can use it, and here's all its different little features that it has that you are not even sure about. 
just a nice little tech demo. The writing is really funny though. Like I, I was, I played it last night because I keep forgetting to install it. And like I said, 30, 45 minutes is just laughing and giggling, having a good time. And it's free. So if you got a Steam Deck, why not do this? That's all I did. That's all I'm going to do this week. What about you, Eric? Well, by golly gee, I played a, a one video game, and that's Dead Space the Remake, which I'll talk about here in just a little bit. So I'll save that for then. Then I also went to the movies. I got to see, uh, got reincarnated as a slime Scarlet Bond, and it was a good time. I had a blast. What a great show. That You know, being that it's a movie, not just your the typical anime, you know, episode by episode, they, you know, put all the bells and whistles in there. They, they got all the extras, had some fun shots of just all your favorite characters coming in for like little cameos and this and that going on. And of course, as I already told Matt, it was just a funny thing because, of course, it's an anime, so you're not going to get the, the you know the theater sold out or nothing. But of course, I was the very first person to buy a ticket like days and days, a ton of days ago. All right, first person, boop, bought my little ticket. I was also the first person in the theater, so I sat down, sitting there doing nothing. All of a sudden, a couple comes in. Oh, I, wait, I thought we was going to have the theater to ourselves. Okay. And then I just looked at him and nodded, and they sat down. Cool. A couple minutes later, another couple comes in. Oh, man, gee, oh, I didn't know there'd be other people here in this theater, huh? Looked at him, nodded. They went and sat down. Okay. Then a group of guys come in. Oh, this could be a great movie. <laughs> oh, man, I didn't expect people to be here. <laughs> they all go sit down. We already talked about this, Matt, but for the show listeners, how, what, what, how do you, I was the first person to buy a ticket. I was. It was on a little app. There was no, no seats reserved whatsoever. I was the first person to go click, clack, buy. That means every last one of them. Yeah, whether they bought it at the movie theater or online, they saw reserved spots. So they already knew that somebody was in the theater. They already knew there was a human being that had bought a ticket to that movie. And now his his follow-up question for you. When you do that at Celebration, what does the reserved seat look like? Is it just a different color? It turns red and it says R. Okay, so so it even has a symbol on it. Yeah. Because I was going to say in the Regal app, because I'm going to go see Avatar today, mm-hmm. so this brought up to mind, whenever there's somebody in a seat, there's even a picture of a person. There's like a little, you know, the little head and shoulders outline, a mm-hmm. little vague outline. So you can see that there's a human there. So, but even without a human picture, there's a bunch of R's in that theater. Yep. So to just, oh, what? What's R mean? Oh my gosh, that means a person? What? And it's a different color? What's going on? I can't seem to click on it. I don't understand why I can't click on this seat and buy it. Uh, So it's just strange. You know, it's just one of those weird things. Maybe it was just them trying to, like, what what they thought was an awkward moment. I don't know. But I don't understand why it'd be an awkward moment. You're walking into a theater to see a show. You don't have to announce yourself or say anything. You just go sit down. You don't even need to look at anybody else. You just need to go to your row and sit in your seat. You, yeah. This, this, I'm not here for you. I'm yeah. here for the theater. I'm here for the show. Same for you. You're not here for me. You're here yeah. for that. Exactly. And it's just so weird. I, I find it's only ever a thing when there's not a ton of people. 
whenever it's like a few people in a movie, whatever the movie is, I feel like people act a little weird. Like mm-hmm. come in and just kind of, oh, hey, who are you? And I'm like, just go sit down. I don't care what you're doing. That's the weirdest thing. Because if there are just only a couple, hand, you know, two people in the movie theater when I go to see it, that's when I'm the most quiet. Because if I say if I say anything or if I you know bumble about or I don't know, they're definitely going to see it because I'm the only person there. Mm-hmm. So I would never be like, whoa, whoa, looks like you like watch movies too, don't you, buddy? Whoa, because that that's just going to go straight to them and they're going to look. St- <laughs> Why would you do that? Why would you do that? I don't know. I don't know. I will say the only the only thing about the movie that was weird though was I bought uh, the chips and queso, which I always do. And being that there's only a few people in there, and you know the show's got the show, yeah, the show's got you know loud moments for quiet moments. And so every time I'd get a chip, and all of a sudden it turns to a quiet moment, I'd sit there with a the chip in my mouth and I'm waiting, <laughs> waiting for a loud moment so I could chew. Because if I didn't, it was crunch, 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 uh-huh. crunch. And I'm like, oh my god, why chips? Why are you so loud? This is ridiculous. Shouldn't be this loud. <laughs> so that was the only downside to the whole thing was. Being, of course, few people in the theater, and it was the—it's the smallest theater they have, so yeah, it's yeah. literally got three rows. That's it. So you're all real nice and small and tight in this little, just tiny baby theater, and uh, so it was just—you know—eating my chips was a task because I had to time it perfectly, <laughs> and that became a chore. So see, that's where I went out in my—I don't know why it's this way, but for shows or movies, I have to have to be there like super early. So if I have food, I eat it and it's done. By the time the movie starts, the only thing I'm doing is maybe unscrewing my water lid and taking a sip and then screwing the cap back on. When you're saying it, I'm like, I get it because haha, but that would never happen to me. Yeah, but I also don't like getting to the movies too early. So I like to do, I'm, I'm about the 10 minute Jones. That's what I am. 10 minutes yeah, yeah. before the show starts, I like to be in my chair ready to go. So I, that's what I always try to time out because if I get there too early, then I'm just like sitting there forever and I get bored. And, yeah, 10 minutes, it's there with the food, yeah. then the food's done by the time the preview starts. By the time starts, the previews so just, are yeah, midway yeah, yeah. through or whatever, and then the movie comes, you're, you're fine. Because everybody's still yeah. chatting during previews. Yeah. So, so. And then, the, the lastly, on that, they had like 20 previews. Mm-hmm. It was ridiculous. I mean, I like previews as much as the next person, but the movie was supposed to start at 2.05. It was 2.38 or so when the movie started. I'm like, you guys... I, you don't need to show me 20 minutes of previews. This is crazy. It's yeah. too much. I mean, I agree with that. But at the same time, that's where I see most of my oddball stuff. So especially if you go to something like an anime show. Mm-hmm. You know you're a specialty audience, so here's all the weird fringe stuff. I do like that. But I agree with you. Sometimes it'll be the same kind of pack of previews a lot of times, unless you're seeing like an A24 movie or something like that. You're like, okay, okay. You know, the, the Avatar preview i've been seeing it for like eight months every single thing has that in front of it so i get you i feel you there yeah it was a little too much but it was a good time the show was great beyond that like i said it's only been a few days so it's kind of weird and haven't really done too much since the last time we talked everybody mm-hmm. but that's about it that's how my, my three days have gone so far but in that three days of time there have been and will continue to be Video game releases for us to talk about. I wasn't going to include this part in the show, but I saw Eric had a release he was going to talk about. So I looked one up quick, and it's a good thing I did, because this is a game that I did not know about before last night. 
and I'm very excited about. It is called The King's Dilemma Chronicles, which is dropping today as we're recording this on the 30th, developed and published by Big Trouble. So far, it's only for PC. I've seen rumors that an Xbox or a PlayStation version is going to come. But this is a digital version, a slightly altered digital version of a board game that I am super interested in. It's in this board game. It's like a, a legacy game. It's a big campaign where you and all your friends take the roles of these different houses that are advising the king about all these dilemmas that affect the kingdom. And in the game, and in this version too, a big dilemma will come up, and you vote yay or nay on whatever the solution is, and then it moves your resources and the, your trackers all along the side. So if you vote, hey, conscript the peasants to fight in the army, your military might goes up, you know, your food goes down because you, you got nobody harvesting the crops and all this other stuff. So all these resources you got to manage. And in the digital version, which I am excited to play, because it doesn't require like eight friends over the course of like 30 individual play session hours, you take the role of kind of the head of the council. So you do take a role as a house and you have your own kind of like housely goals and housely duties. But as the chair of the council, when you see the other houses vote yay or nay, you can influence that vote. You can pay off a house to switch their vote, or you can just use your own power as the hand of the king, essentially. That's what I'll just call it, the hand of the king, because everybody knows that from Game of Thrones. You can essentially weight the scales differently using your power. So if everybody votes nay on this, but you, as your house or you just yourself, the player, you want this vote to go through, you add your little feather kind of to that scale and boom, now it's yay. And you get the benefits of it. You're Resources go up and down, maybe different things happen in the kingdom, but your influence with the other houses, maybe now they're mad at you because their goal is aligned with this, but you just went against it. So you got to juggle them, you got to juggle the resources of the kingdom, you got to juggle your own house resources. And what's doubly cool about this, I just watched somebody play through the demo because apparently there is a demo available. But the cool thing about this, watching the demo playthrough, is that you start off with one dilemma. I'll spoil this one because it's an early game one. We found this mystical mineral called red iron, and we can either give it all to the army or we can start selling it off to other countries and make a buku amount of money because we found this iron deposit. So yay or nay, boom, 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 you make your choice. And then because of what you chose there, it spawns off like three more dilemmas that you have to vote on. Because in these different areas in your own country, now because you chose to sell it off, now, oh, well, these merchants want to do this. And down here, the few that do have access to it in the smithy, they want to do this or this. And so it, it's not just one thing, yay, up and down. It's because of that, now these other decisions and tendrils kind of spiderweb out from there. Like in one of those following ones, one of your merchants goes off to a different country, but we haven't heard from him. So do we send a military expedition? I watched this guy's playthrough. He decided one way and a bunch of crazy stuff started happening. So the possibility for this to just spiderweb out of control, because this sounded like a great idea, but you didn't think through the possible consequences that crop up because of it. And this game goes through different lineages. As the king gets deposed or dies or, you know, just steps down as a natural course of the game, you, based on how you have those resource trackers, you can upgrade your own self and your own house with different traits and different abilities that help you in further playthroughs. It's a lot of strings to pull. It's a lot of fun stuff. If you are interested in the board game at all, if you've played it, this is a an awesome single-player version of that. 
if you have always wanted to play a board game but can't get friends together like Eric and I, this is the only way you're going to play it. It looks great. It sounds great. It seems like it plays great. It's one of those games that I just find super interesting. A game like the Yog, it's kind of the same thing. You're preparing for something, but in all these different areas, you have all these different choices and all these different things you can do. Check it out. It's the King's Dilemma Chronicles. Maybe your only dilemma is whether to play it now or later. Ha <laughs> I don't, I don't <laughs> know. That was terrible. Walla, walla, walla. <laughs> you know what else is terrible? It's this scary, scary game called Dead Space Remake, Matt. woo And it's not actually terrible, but it's terribly scary. It's terribly frightening. Except for it's not because, of course, I've already played and beaten it. So I already know all the spooks and the scares. Except for, as I told you before, and I'll tell everybody else, this time around... The baddies can change what they're doing and the amount of times they're appearing and where they're appearing due to the new AI that uh, Motive put in here. And, of course, folks, if you didn't know, Motive are the people responsible for remaking Dead Space. They they gave it a whole clean polish. Everything looks beautiful and gorgeous, except for the character models. The character models, for some reason, are still really fuzzy and just kind of weird. They still have almost like that PS3 look to them, in my opinion, where everything else is just gorgeous and completely redone and looks wonderful. So I don't know what's going on. That's just the weirdest thing to me, but it doesn't stop me from loving the game. And also, Isaac Clark looks fine. His like his outfit is fantastic, detailed and crazy looking. But the the other people you interact with look crazy, bad, just weird. Maybe that's what it is because I've seen some trailers of it. And when I see like the side-by-sides on Twitter, it looks amazing. But all the trailers I've seen, I get that kind of like, I mean, it looks okay, but not great. But not great. Maybe it's because in a lot of them, it's people, you know, pointing their flashlights around going, oh my God, look over there. Look, mm-hmm. look at that. So if their models are a little more low poly and a little less well lit, maybe that's what it is. Because when I see it just stand alone, like the game, it looks great. But when I see those trailers, I'm just like, oh, what, what happened here? Yeah, it, it's just, it's so odd because the, the baddies all look crisp. Isaac does too when he's not taking off his mask. He, whenever he has a scene where he takes off the mask, he looks weird low poly just like the other characters that look low poly. But when he's in his outfit, he looks crisp and clean and wonderful. So just some, that's like my only nitpick at all with this title. But other than that, if you've played Dead Space in the past, you're going to know this game. I mean, it, they they really, they stuck to, you know, what happens. There's minor changes here and there. But if you know all the big points, you're going to get to have a great time reliving them in this fantastic, wonderful, beautifully redone game. I mean, the environments, the Ishimura, it's just so good. So freaking good. But besides graphics, the sound effects, I had this brand new headset, you know, and it had the haptics and everything going. It was crazy awesome. Every time there was like a big, you know, symphonic like music would do that. The haptics would go and just rumble with you. Whenever the screeches happened or them weird eerie sounds, it would tingle. And then I have the THX and everything else also on. So it was just in just insane how much I felt like I was in the game. And right now I'm on chapter five or six. I just met Dr. Mercer in person and then unleashed... um, you know, something that happens in the game that kind of turns the game into a more terrifying, stressful experience for the rest of the game. And I wish I could just skip that part and never have that happen because up to now, it's, you know, it's got its moments, you know. Like I said, the AI now just comes willy-nilly. And like I was telling you off air, it's like sometimes you'll see him skittering up in the vents 
and they'll look at you. But instead of b- busting out and coming and attacking, they just skitter off. Or they'll come busting out of one of the vents, and then they'll look at you, and then they'll just climb right back into the vent and take off again. And it's like, what the hell is going on? Just what, why? Why don't you just come fight me? You know. But it's it's all just to keep that stressful feeling. And they're like, no, you know, there's there's some some of them alive, and they're still coming at you. And of course, it makes sure that because you do a ton of backtracking in this game, you're gonna go all over the place. It makes sure that nothing's ever safe. You might have cleared this room out two, three times. Doesn't mean that you're not going to get a necromorph coming through one of those vents or busting through something to come attack you. Which is awesome, but something that's changed for the worse for me is your ammo. Because these creatures, you have no idea when they're coming, and I like to go around trying to find you know every scrap of notebook and ammunition, etc. So I'm over here combing stuff and coming back and forth. Every, and then I'm like, oh, I've got this new security pass, so I need to go back over here and try to open more doors. I'm running out of ammo. And that didn't happen to me, you know, in my original playthrough. I always had tons of, uh, you know, your main plasma cutter weapon. Never ran out. It was never going to happen. But this time around, yeah, ammunition management's insane. Like, I'm over here running out of almost everything except for my ripper blades, which in the previous Dead Space, I almost never used the ripper. I didn't really like it. Close range is too dangerous, you know, there's too much risk involved. I don't have a choice now. That's like my main weapon is the Ripper Blade at this point. So I'm having to play it completely different. Because you shoot it out and it just hangs out. Yeah, it just like hangs out for a go, long... Right? It, it's not permanent, but yeah, it gives you a long time. So yeah. you get the most bang for your buck out of that sucker, you know. So when the baddies are all there, you just boom, pop one out and you're just... Hoping for the best and getting them all. So you're not running out of ammo with that. But the other weapons constantly barely getting by you know you'll get 12 12 rounds popping in you'll get through a few rooms now you're out then you got to wait another room or two and then you'll get lucky and get another 6 12 rounds and so you're just kind of like living off the ammunition you find as you go now I'll say they were generous in the beginning of the game and it kind of fooled me you know because I was like okay I remember this you know I got lots of ammo I'm not going to run out it's not even a big deal but as the game's gone and I'm starting to you know you get the red eyed Necromorphs, the ones that are more powerful, that stuff's happening. A couple of boss fights later, here we are. And uh, I'm like, oh man, so now I got this this special one that, you know, you know what I'm talking about if you've played Dead Space. And now I have to worry about my ammunition all the time. And these enemies are coming back as I go back and forth trying to find, you know, new secrets or whatever it is. So yeah, it, it's not stressful in the sense that I know... You know, I don't know what's going to happen, but it's still stressful that I didn't have to deal with this. I didn't have, you know, the weapon problem I'd had this time. So it's it's been a it's been a good time, but now I'm at that point where I'm like, oh, I, I, I want to play, I want to play. But after this just event happened, now I'm like, I want to play, but I'm kind of stressed out. I don't know. <laughs> is, is today the day I go back in there? Because of course I know I got to deal with the, uh, the the baddie doing the thing, and, and then of course just being careful with the ammunition. And I know there's going to be another big fight coming up. So I'm like, ah, oh, crud. And then, of course, they introduced, like, the big mobs. One of those big, big mobs. And they don't come all the time, but they're, you know, there. And they suck down tons of ammunition. And more than that, you have to have the flame, the flamethrower mainly to get rid of them. Unless you're real clever. 
when I'm not, so I need the flamethrower. Because <laughs> he's got like a little weak spot, but it's like a tiny one. It's on his back, and he loves to just chase you around. And it, even when you stasis him, he's still fast enough in his turning to where you only get like a shot or two on, on this little weak spot. So it's easier if you just stasis him, flamethrower him up, and just keep him basically on fire the entire time as you're just running around in circles and waiting for him to die. It sounds tough because it sounds way more stressful, but as an experienced Dead Space player that you are, at least it's a fresh new take on it. Mm-hmm. I don't know. It's, it it is, sounds it's, really cool, and it sounds really bad, but like in an interesting way. Like yeah, they threw say, this monkey cool, wrench in. because I'm actually using the other weapons. You know, in previous Dead Space, I used other weapons, but just for fun. Yeah, you know, yeah. the plasma cutter was more than All enough to take care yeah. of yeah, of everything in the game, period. And this time around, it's the same way. If you get all the power-ups and you have the ammunition, that plasma cutter still just smokes baddies. It's just the way it is. But you don't have that luxury. At least I don't. I, you know, And I might be wasting shots, but I don't think so because I, I'm, you know, I'm doing what I always did. I go for the legs, Necromorph falls. I go for one arm, then a second if he still hasn't dropped. Usually one arm and a leg usually gets rid of him. But if not, I go boom, arm, boom, other arm, and they're gone. So it's not like I'm an idiot. I'm not just shooting into the body and hoping for the best. So I feel like this was intentional. I feel like they were, you know, trying to be a little more stingy with it. So you did play with the other weapons and and be forced to actually utilize everything at your disposal instead of just plasma cutter. Even though there's a trophy to only beat the game using the plasma cutter. Well, when you do New Game Plus, all your upgrades carry over to yes, you, though, right? All your all your upgrades carry over. I mean, sure, it's easier on that. Maybe you could just always just play it on easy. You can just play it on easy. No, I'm not going to do that. Right? Now, that you just brought up a really interesting point on this, too, is because they do have New Game Plus, and all your stuff carries over to the next one, and you can't get the Platinum unless you beat it on New Game Plus. I'm not, I'm not even trying for the Platinum, though, because I'm not going to go play the whole game and beat it with just the plasma cutter. It's... Not and then there's more stuff to it too. It's it's not an easy platinum, well at least to me anyway. But what I am interested in for no reason at all because I've already seen it is the new game plus has a secret ending, so you can actually get an alternate ending if you play all the way through new uh, the new game plus and then find that when you get in there they hid these special markers, twelve of them I think throughout the game that you can find and then place in this uh, one of the doctor's offices and then once you do that. You just go beat the game, and it activates the special alternate ending, which everyone's speculating about. Is that going to be the new canon, and are they going to remake Dead Space 2, but using what happens in the alternate ending instead of the OG ending, and how? Well, if they're going to do it at all. So who knows? I don't know, but it is neat that you get to experience this little bonus ending if you uh, find all the markers in New Game Plus and do all that. I didn't do it, though. I just went and watched it, Matt. I cheated. I'm literally... Putting it into YouTube right now yeah. <laughs> so that I can watch it as soon as we're done with this. Yeah. I I just cheated because I might do it. I've been debating it. I might play New Game Plus because it's just fun when you're super powerful and go back oh, yeah. through one more time. And then, of course, finding those markers would be cool. But on the downside and why I might not is because even in the regular game, there's these rigs you can find. And once you find all the rigs, you can open up the master uh, door, which gets you I don't know what. I, I didn't spoil that for myself. And I'm like, I should do this. But a few of those are like super hard to find. And you got to be in the right spot and use your uh, stasis, not stasis ability, but the uh, gravity thing to bring mm-hmm. it in. And so I'm debating whether to do that. And I'm, I'm sure that finding those 12 markers is going to be the same sort of deal. And I'm like, do I want to mess with all that, especially with 5,000 games that I got to play and do? Maybe. Maybe. Because I just love the gameplay of this game so much. So we'll see. 
but I'm having a blast with it. If you've played Dead Space before, you'll have a blast with it too. If you haven't, well, by golly, you need to get in there because you want to play a terrifying atmospheric game. This is it. This is it. I'll tell you that. So to wrap up the show, I figured we'd have a little bit of a conversation on controllers because the DualSense Edge just came out, the PS5's Pro Controller. And as a as a collector, as a as a video game collector, every time I see a Pro Controller, I go, hmm, maybe I should get one of those. You know, I, I only have two regular controllers. Maybe a specialty controller comes out. And if you don't know about the DualSense Edge, it's got buttons on the back. It's got all kinds of adjustments you can make. You can swap out the analog sticks. You can do all kinds of crazy stuff with it. So I'm going to start off with, hey, Eric, have you ever been interested in a Pro Controller? And the answer to this question I already know, are you that kind of guy who like is like, man, I got... I, I'm so good at video games that I need all these added functionalities and all this stuff. Oh, you know, for sure I am. I mean, it's, you, that's, you what, that's the answer I expected. You mentioned yes. pro controllers. I'm on it, dude. I'm, I'm pro there. Pro controller, pro wiggling, gamer. I'm wiggling and waggling with them extra buttons using my 27 <laughs> fingers that I got. <laughs> no, I have never been interested in pro controllers. I think they look cool. Like every time, because let me just kind of backstory this. My brother-in-law and my actual brother both love these controllers. You know, every time there's a new one, the Astros and the whatever, scuff controllers. and Yeah, yeah. They're always buying those things. And every time I go to their house, you know, I see these different cases, like leather bound, human flesh bound, you know, open it up. Look like, they look like like $5,000 cases and you open it up and there's this controller in there and it weighs like... 27 pounds you know and it's heavy and it's looks like it's got gold flakes on it and it's too much it's too much and then you look behind it and like you said there's like 50 little trigger paddle buttons underneath it's none of that's ever made sense to me but i've seen a million of them because they buy every single one that comes out and this one's no different man jared of course and chad they both bought this this new controller and i was just talking with jared last night and like you said, it comes with so many customizations on it. It's ridiculous. And then to boot, he says it is so sensitive that it's just insane. He said mm. you can turn that stuff off, but when it's on, you can make it so it's a hairline trigger for like any of your buttons, any of the, the any anything you want. You can make it hairline, so you just you basically skim it with your little just a fleshier thumb or your finger, and that sucker's. You know, activating whatever skill, you know, shot, whatever you're doing. And that to me is just mind blowing. Not to mention like the, the nubs. And then you get the, you can put the nubs on. You can put the regular, you know, joystick mm -hmm. on. Then they got these big long ones you can put on for like this. I don't even know what the hell you'd use it for. It's like a stick, you know, you can put on there. I don't know, maybe like fighting games or something. I can speak to that just a little bit because when we got Borderlands 3, I got those little like uh, little stick extender things. Mm -hmm. It's supposed to give you finer control. So instead of just because you're moving a physical object only a little bit more to get a little bit less. I, I, I understand that one a little bit. I get the, the concept of it. But like you said, there's so many buttons and so many paddles and I – Again, I kind of get that too because when you do have a bunch of stuff on the face buttons, it is kind of annoying to – like if in a game A or X or whatever, that, that position is your run button, but you, you also have to do triangle for some stuff. You can't ever do that on the run. So I get that too. But the thing that I don't – that maybe is, is way too far for me is you can swap the paddles, you can swap the joysticks, you can do all this stuff. But with the 
DualSense Edge, you can actually program in the PlayStation software. Like, there's graphs of like how sensitive the mm-hmm. the sticks themselves are. And I I was watching some people's setup of it. And I'm like, May- maybe I'll understand it. And it's just like the graphs and the words that go with them. I can't parse it out at all. Like, it doesn't. I can't. I'm just. A, I just push forward and and Kratos runs. That's all I can. That's all I can do. So <laughs> obviously, this isn't for me either. But there's something about them though when i see those super premium controllers like the microsoft elite controller it looks better than any other one sure i we, we talked about this off air i can't do the paddles on the back because those are the fingers i hold my controller with i don't even do two fingers on the top on each side i just it's thumbs and, and one finger on each hand but when i see it as a video gamer as a person who sees this is the best version of this controller there's something about it. Like, I want to get it, even though I know it's not for me and I can't even handle all the stuff that it does. There's something about premium, you know, things that come in those cool zippered cases mm-hmm. instead of just, oh, well, my dual sense just kind of, I, I just threw it on the table over there. And uh, I don't know, there's something about it that just, I want it, but when I look at it, it's too much. Yeah, I, I do like the uh, elite nature of it. And I do like the carrying case that I was making fun of. And it, it just, in the weight. From what I hear, though, this one actually weighs about the same as your mm-hmm. your regular Dual Sense. But I do love a good weight to a controller. I have yeah. uh, one of the Wolverine Razor controllers, and that sucker's heavy. You know, it's like a, just a little rock in my hands, and I love that feeling. It just feels good to me. So I get it, but I, I'll never be the person to buy this because I already know I don't understand it. So I would look at it, and I would pull it out, and I would plug it in and use it. But I would never, I would never swap swap anything out. I would never change the, you know, feedback on the paddles. Never change the buttons. I would never use the, those bottom buttons because, like you, that's too much for me. So I'm like, no, I don't have the skill set to do what needs to be done with this controller that costs what two hundred bucks. The DualSense Edge is two hundred. I think the Elite is one fifty or two hundred. So it's still, even just as a collector's item thing, it, it makes you want to get it, but it's just for something you and I literally can't use, like our, our fingers don't function that way. It's just too much. And speaking of, you know, I played Aperture Test Job just last night, like I was talking to you about. The Steam Deck has four buttons on the inside. It's got the two triggers on the top. It's got the four buttons on the inside. You use them at one point in Aperture Desk Job. And it felt so strange and unnatural to squeeze down in like that. Like, I feel like I was trying to split the controller apart. I mean, I'm I'm not an idiot. I Mm -hmm. was just pressing the button, but just the weird way it makes your hands work. I could, it's so bizarre. It's so weird. Yeah, I'm not down with that. Never, never going to do it. But I understand the people that do. And I I get, you know, how cool it is and how the options open up to you, especially in, you know, first person shooter games, allowing you to just do a million different things without having to alternate buttons and screw around. And that's the one that I've always I've always seen in, in my head, I understand, because you jump with A or whatever on an Xbox, and then if you want to like go prone in the air like everybody sees on the, the cool trick shot stuff, you need an extra button because you're already jumping, so you got to hit the stuff mm-hmm. on the bottom. So I, I get it conceptually, but it's just it's craziness. I don't, I don't understand how you could train your fingers to even do that i can't do it and then the no scope 180s you know what i'm saying that's right and you gotta get the you gotta get the paddle adjustment so it's super fine so you can do a 180 in like a microsecond and then pow and then be a superstar 
here's a question just kind of to wrap it up just on the dual sense edge though since you can swap out the thumbstick like assembly entirely everybody says oh man this, this is great for when you start getting drift on your dual sense because they, they, that totally does happen as somebody who's had it since launch i've had it since a little bit after launch have you got drift on this at all because i know that's the only thing you play on so if you were to get it, you would have it. Have you had any drift on those? Because I've had it on my Switch a little bit, like really lightly. but This one does. My white one has a little bit of drift, but my red one does not. So okay. I bought the red one. I was going to buy the red one anyway, yeah. but it was convenient because this one started to get a little bit of drift right as the red came out and I bought the red. So, yes, I have experienced that. And, of course, you know, that sucks. doesn't help yeah. out. So it's... Like, I didn't throw it away because it's still useful. It's still a controller that works, and it's not terrible, but it's there. It does exist. I heard a lot of people are actually upset because they're like, oh, yeah, well, I can just switch it out and get a new one in there. But, of course, as they say, why didn't they just fix the problem? Yeah. Why is it they're like, oh, no, well, it it could still happen, but you can replace it and get a new trigger put in there or whatever. and Not a new trigger, but a new stick. But I'm like, yeah, yeah. why not fix the problem? Where's the, where's the problem at? Why does the drift develop? And then why not fix the reason why it does actually start to happen? That's a good that's that's an even better question, I think. And just to talk about it for half a second, because you know, whenever I use my Switch, you know, that's the one where I have one of the Joy-Cons has a little bit of drift to it. Yeah. And I play Animal Crossing every now and then you'll just start off to the left and I mean you give the joystick a wiggle and then it just stops for me. But I only use it when I'm playing it. And when I don't play it, it's either sitting upright in its dock like it is now or it goes in a case that holds it steady like i've seen products like on instagram ads and stuff where you like clip a little thing around the joystick so it can't move when you're not using it and people say yeah yeah you still got to use that in the case though like but my case doesn't move it it doesn't move it can't it's all molded in Hmm. so like how does how does this happen like you said where does this come from what's going on with it because I don't abuse it, but it happened, mm-hmm. and everything I have doesn't fiddle with the stick. Like, if I just threw it in my backpack and went to school as a high schooler, yes, it would happen. But it's in a case that doesn't move it. The only time I move it is when I move it, and I'm not Johnny Crazy. Why is this happening now, also? Yeah, Why did I don't PlayStation 1, PlayStation 2, PlayStation 3, PlayStation 4 never have this? That's that's kind of where I'm at. It's like, I don't remember this being a big deal ever in the past, and all of a sudden, this generation, everyone's got controller drift and stuff. And I'm like, so what changed? Yeah. I, don't, I don't know. I don't understand the mechanics behind it. I don't know if it's the technology they're using to get, you know, like the maximum amount of play out of the... And I hear if some, there's a magnetic one you can get, which doesn't have drift problems, but I don't know much beyond that. I just know that some controllers use, like, magnetic uh, movement instead, but it's an it's an issue that's with like the dual sense and the the switch controllers and the way they actually move. So it's above and beyond my pay grade, but I do know that there's something to do with the way these ones actually operate, which isn't magnetic, which causes drifting problems. And I'm just like to that, then stop doing it, stop using yeah. it. If it doesn't working, go to the magnetic if if that's the you know what you need to do. And if the magnetic is more expensive, then make the controllers more expensive by ten or twenty dollars because they're already super expensive. Mm-hmm. So if it's sixty nine ninety nine for this controller, and I have one that's busted, well, I'm still gonna pay seventy nine ninety nine or eighty nine ninety nine because I need one. I can't mm. not play. That's the only way I can interact with my PS five. 
if everybody knows it's an issue, which everybody does, how are they still making controllers that it's an issue? Yeah. It's beyond me. And why is it, why is it accepted? I don't know either. It's just strange. Yeah. Strange way of doing business. I mean, maybe it's too late, you know, because obviously you got to get molds and do all sorts of back ends. Controllers already shipped. This is this is what we've got. This is what this factory can produce to make them change, you know, whatever steps they would have to to redo a different controller would cost too much. Wouldn't make sense, maybe. I don't know. But they just made a bunch of steps to make a brand new DualSense Edge controller. Hey, well. <laughs> you already did it. Just do it know. more. Just do it all the way. I don't know. There's no excuse. <laughs> I don't know what's happening. But if you know what's happening out there in podcast listener land, let us know. Are you a controller maker? Do you know why it's such a problem? Are you a DualSense Edge owner? Is it so much better? Let us know any of those things, all of those things, via the email, thirdshiftme@gmail.com on the Twitter machine, at thirdshiftme, and find us on Facebook on the Third Shift. Indeed, you can find us over there on Facebook. You can also find us on Patreon. Yes, sir. Yes, ma'am. Yes, days. We are over there handling business. It's a little tip jar. You want to throw a buck, two bucks, three bucks, any kind of bucks our way, it'd be most appreciated. It helps keep the lights on, paying those pod beans, because that's what we got to do. And even though we shouldn't be paying Podbean because we had an altercation where they were like, oh, we're not going to put you on the Apple, which is unacceptable. So Podbean, you should like issue a refund to us because you didn't uphold your end of the bargain. And we upheld ours. So just saying, just saying. That's a side tangent there. But anywho, any kind of bucks would be greatly appreciated. If you can't do that, you can support us by throwing us mailbag questions, throwing us suggestions, five-star ratings over on the Spotify, the iTunes, go over to Twitch, throw a Prime sub our way, all the different things, all the different ways you can help us out. Greatly appreciated. And we hope uh, you consider doing one of those things. How about that? Absolutely. And we hope you consider listening to the very next episode, which we'll be dropping on or around the 9th of February after I come back from the cruise. And you can find that on iTunes, on Stitcher, on Poppy, and on Spotify, and on YouTube. And as I always say, hey... If you like what we're doing, you'd like to help us out, please give us a like, a rating, a review, a comment, a subscription, any kind of good thing on any one of those good services, because it does help us out, and we really do appreciate it. Indeed we do. Just like I said, the five-star reviews, get them our way. Come on, folks. It's a new year. Make it a new you. We're talking about interacting more. How about you interact more? Get us that five-star rating. I see one of those. I promise I'll go out and give a five-star rating to one of my shows that I like listening to, too. How about that? You, you motivate me, and then I'll motivate you. Or should I maybe, maybe I should motivate you first. Maybe I should take the step and then you'll get motivated, but then you won't because you'll go eat a cookie instead and forget about me. I know what you're going to do. And you know what? For this week, do whatever you want because I got no concerns at all because I'm on a boat. He's on a boat. I'm on a boat. I'm sailing through the Caribbean. I'm sitting out under the sun. I'm being way too hot and going, oh, I shouldn't have worn a black t-shirt this day, but whew, but I'm on a boat. Take a good hard look at the mother effing boat. And with that, there's nothing else to say, but... No, 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 there is something else to say. No, what, what? There's a 50-foot shark out there that bit a man's head off, so you better watch out, man. Don't get in that water. Don't get in the water. Oh, man. That would be so awesome. Just saying, it just happened. So that shark's out there. He's a mad shark, and he's going to chomp your head off, so be careful. I will say, I'm not a big like ocean swimmer guy, so I was planning on just sitting out, you know, dip the toes in the ocean. But man, if I see a big old fin going through and I hear a chomp and I see, woo, that'll be just, woo, that'll be even better. That'd be, be the best day, vacation huh? of my life. Best vacation ever. <laughs> you, 
God bless. You see, folks, he's got problems. Just saying. Now we, now we can say it. Now there's nothing else to say, but don't. Straight.